Hello and welcome to Talking Aussie Books, a weekly podcast bringing readers and writers of Australian fiction together. I'm Claudine Tanellis. As an avid reader and passionate advocate for Australian fiction, I make it my mission to spotlight local talent. So if you're looking for your next read or simply want to learn more about the Australian literary scene, this podcast is for you. Grab yourself a cuppa, sit back and relax. Wendy James is the author of nine novels, including best-selling title The Mistake and The Golden Child, which was shortlisted for a Ned Kelly Award in 2017. Her debut novel, Out of the Silence, won the 2006 Ned Kelly Award for Best Crime Debut and was also shortlisted for the Nita May Dobby Award for Women's Fiction. In 2019, I had the pleasure of meeting Wendy at a library event in Sydney, where she was speaking on an exciting panel of women thriller writers, including Nicola Moriarty and Anna Snookstra. At the time, Wendy was promoting her eighth novel, The Accusation, a contemporary take on an 18th century criminal case. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Wendy about her brand new book, A Little Bird, a gripping, atmospheric Australian small town thriller that follows journalist Jo Sharp, who is running from a bad relationship and who returns to the town she fled from years earlier, only to come face to face with her childhood grief over the disappearance of her mother and sister. A terrific read that kept me guessing till the end and one that I highly recommend for lovers of crime fiction. Welcome to the podcast, Wendy. Hi, Claudine. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Nine books, my goodness, you must be thrilled. How are you feeling about how are you yeah. feeling about this new one going out in the world? Well, it was funny because I you mentioned the date of the first one. I'm thinking, wow, that's nearly 20 years. It's yeah, I'm getting I'm getting long in the tooth. I feel very excited. You know, number 10 is the big one, isn't it? So yeah, we've we've got to nine now. Next is the big one Ives. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? I mean, you don't, I mean, looking back, you kind of think, oh, yeah, each one you think is, it's going to be the last one or it's too hard and I can't do it again and now I'm at, you know, number 10. Mm. (laughs) I wanted to say, just an observation, I guess, that this one's been out for a little while now, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, it came out in uh, the end of November last year, actually. Yeah, oh, gosh, how time flies. Interestingly, it was published first in the US. So can you tell me how that came about? So it's Amazon's, uh, one of Amazon's publishing um, houses, Lake Union, and they made an offer on the accusation to publish the accusation in the US and and to be distributed there and in the UK. And, but as well as that, they offered to do another novel as a second novel within that contract. And that's what A Little Bird is. It's the, so I I didn't break with um, HarperCollins in Australia. It was an offer that was too good to say no to where they, it was a two book deal. So yeah, so A Little Bird has been published digitally. They have world rights because that's the only way they'll do it. Um, And then it's, it's published in the US, mostly digital, like all Amazon's books and mostly, mostly promoted digitally. And then it's distributed in Australia. Which has been interesting. It means that the promotion and all of that sort of stuff isn't really in Australia, which as most of my audience really is, it's not necessarily ideal. But yeah, it's been a, a good experience. Fantastic. Okay, so I was interested to know how you came to be writing this one. Where did the seed of inspiration for A Little Bird come from? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one. I mean, I did have the inspiration a long time ago. It was a story about a disappearance of a, a mother and baby sister in St Kilda, I think in the 70s, and the the daughter has has is still searching for a mother. Um, 
and I read something in a newspaper and I, I just took that was really the germ of the idea what would that be like to have, have lost your mother that long ago and the mother it was similar mother just got in a car she got in a car with somebody else in the real story and and with the baby and just disappeared and the sister couldn't believe it because it was very unlike you know she was five or six or something and it was just she couldn't account for it and never heard of again so that was the germ of the story and then I decided to set it in a town in a place where I'm familiar with which is out west in New South Wales and then COVID happened and we were all locked down and then I was you know and my children some of my grown-up children were far away in other places and we couldn't see one another and and the idea of home became a very strong um, theme within that book and and having family around and and battling through you know the, the idea that you leave a place when you're very young which my children have done we've moved anyway but we lived in Armadale our children left to go to the city and it's and then we moved not following them but sort of reading <laughs> reading the future which is everybody leaving and nobody coming back um, and moved somewhere we moved to Newcastle and and so that all of that was played into that book that idea of you know children leaving small towns because they feel too small for them and going to the big city and then getting a bit lost and then having to come back which is what joe does in that novel she has to come back she's sort of got a tail between her legs you know she's coming back to a job that isn't the glorious job she'd hoped for in journalism but it's sort of very paired back and to her you know not all that exciting job but then finding out that you know there's a lot in that place that she needs and that that she can she can work out a lot about herself as well so yeah a lot of things that was a long answer <laughs> <laughs> well it actually dovetailed very nicely into my next question was can you tell me more about the story okay so yes joe joe has left the town that she grew up in she's semi estranged from her father it's more that he's very annoying the town is too small she wants to escape the memory of her mother and, and younger sister who disappeared when she was a young child and then her life fell apart as life would and her father became an alcoholic and a very difficult uh, she had a difficult adolescence ran away to be a journalist but she's come back had a bad relationship she's come back also to look after her dad who's not well and taken a job that she you know she's working for a newspaper that's basically closed down and reopened as a newspaper that can only tell happy stories that's that's the that's the job you have to go and talk about the town in positive ways so she's going to things like school fates and the agricultural show and things like that but they don't want the town is actually in a you know in a bit of a state but they don't want those stories they want happy stories and so joe's come back and makes a new life there and in the meantime also discovers what's happened she finds clues about her mother's disappearance that she didn't expect to find fantastic I mean there was a lot going on for Joe in this book and, <laughs> yeah, and there is a lot <laughs> yeah I think so and despite the fact that the book seemed to be a bit of a slow burn there was still there was a lot going on in in her head and in her life I found her to be such a compelling character she was strong she was smart she was independent but yet somebody who was so obviously very deeply affected by her childhood trauma not knowing yeah. why her mother left her and dealing with a mostly absent and drunken father who was still processing his own grief over yeah. the disappearance of his wife and daughter so I wanted to ask you Wendy how did you get inside Joe's head <laughs> huh. yeah it's, it's an interesting thing I was thinking about it you know you start writing out I mean I started writing obviously in my 20s <laughs> and then you're writing about people your own age but as you get older 
you kind of end up writing about people who are a bit younger than you. And in fact, you know, Joe's not much older than my children. She's in fact probably around the same age as my eldest son. So yeah, there is a there was a bit of that. So there's a bit of thinking about how my kids feel about you know a lot of stuff, but also your own your own um, interests. So you know, uh, Joe was a bit of a car person, and I um, my dad was a bit of a car person. So I thought oh, this could be fun. I'll I'll have this alter ego who's really into cars and he's a really good driver and is really cool like that, which I absolutely am not. I don't know. I think you can you can throw yourself into anybody's life and. And, and I mean, if you if you if if what you're doing is writing, it's a bit like acting. If if you really like writing about characters, you just you just imagine you imagine yourself to be that person. I loved that aspect of Joe, a bit of a hoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought I'd that like was to really be. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrific. Okay, so Arthurville, a very interesting place, and not unlike many small drought-afflicted Australian towns. Dust bowls that once sported lush lawns, places with high unemployment rates, delinquency and kids straying into a life of crime. There was tragedy, suicide, the ever-present threat of bushfires. So you said that Arthurville was kind of based on a place that you know. Is that right? Yeah. So I've always been between the city and the country and the beach and the bush, really. So I was born in Manly. Then we went back to Burke when my, my dad was born and we lived there for five or six years, moved back to the northern beaches. And then when I was about 16, we moved out to Wellington out west, which was sort of halfway, you know, um, it's, it's between orange and dubbo. So it's it's before things get really flat and things are quite green. And, and it was I, actually, I had a ball. I loved living there. I ended up married to a guy from there. We're still connected um, to his family. He's uh, got an Indigenous heritage. So that's all really interesting. And so it's it's in my head a lot. And, and thinking about that leaving, you know, small towns and things, I did think about that a lot too because a lot of our friends, did some have gone back some have stayed but but mostly yeah everybody's not there anymore so I I, and I you know you watch the town and it's sort of lots of difficult things going in there lots of lives that are hard and yes as you say lots of unemployment so I wanted to I wanted I did actually wanted to make a case for places like Wellington being good places to live as well you know we can have a sense of a small local community and family and people making the best of what can be difficult difficult circumstances yeah indeed I think you absolutely pulled that off with this story Wendy was there any particular research that you had to do to bring Joe's story to the page no no not Joe's so much I did I I did so Joe's we, we also have the story of Joe's mother running there um, Mary's narrative and so I you know I just actually thought about my own adolescent years living in a small town when I when I was doing that so that was my research I got I bought a book a couple of books and uh, of about Wellington and went through the pictures you know Wellington in the 1960s where I saw my father-in-law and you know various people I know with their sideburns <laughs> fairy pants and yeah I did a bit of that sort of research but it's mostly just what I knew I did actually some research that I did do I went through the um, social pages in Trove and read a lot of those so there was actually so my social pages in the novel are called A Little Bird and 
the actual social pages there were Joan Jones gossip or something like that. And I was I was reading through that. And it was it was sim- it really was similar stuff. It was who was going on holidays and what happened at the, you know, the last CWA meeting and who was getting married and what babies were being born. And 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 it was that was actually the most fun research. Because <laughs> you find people you know, you know, that's hilarious. So I was I looked up the Burke ones too, you know, and I found things like my father going on holidays with his mother and father when he was five years old. I think, wow, there really wasn't <laughs> the news was very interesting. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now, I appreciated the irony of Joe's job with the Arthurville Chronicle. As you said, she was recruited to report positive news only, not bad yes, news. Yes. Nothing that would draw attention to what was really going on in the town, right? No. And, and she was actually, you know, specifically banned. <laughs> from doing that we don't watch stuff about crime I managed to bring it in a little bit I think you know the reality of of you know some of the stuff that's going on there with um um my lovely hero Shep and his boys that he's training in all sorts of ways and that was based a little on an actual program out west or out in Armadale actually run by a guy called Bernie Shakeshaft where he does do very similar stuff to Shep uh, a lot of a lot of it involving training of sheepdogs and yeah it's a really wonderful thing that's working and people all over the place are wanting to you know use aspects of it so I thought I'd use my ship for that. <laughs> I think that was an example of one story that she could put a positive spin on rather than you know obviously yeah. focusing on the the negative aspect yes. of that side of the story she could you know use her power for good I guess you could say. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Shep was a wonderful character he was a lovely counterbalance uh, to Joe I thought in many in many respects and just seeing the kind of work that he was doing with the children of the town was fantastic yeah yeah and I think I I think there is that that thing where you can you can you know I mean I'm not (laughs) I'm not saying that we should have newspapers that only tell good news at all (laughs) but I do think you know sometimes the the good side of the story can be more useful than you know just you know talking about the the raw statistics of you know the crime and the 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 terrible things that are happening in these kids lives the the you know there's, there's also the side where there are people out there trying to make things better and doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Now you, you mentioned a little bit earlier on, and that was the column that Mary Joe's mother used to write for the Arthurville Chronicle. So what inspired you to actually include the thread as part of the story? Why was it important? Actually, well, it ends up, you know, actually providing a clue in the end, but that, that I didn't start like that. So it's really interesting when you're writing, I started doing the columns because they were fun. It was a way to be a bit, you know, tongue in cheek, funny or you know have somebody who's kind of being a little bit you know cocking a snook at the town and so that was fun to do and then at the end of course as I was writing it I realized actually this is where we're going to get you know this is where we might actually find some very vital information that will will, um, tell us what happened so yeah yeah it was one of those happy coincidences where I was reading columns as my research then decided I would do a column then decided that that column would actually lead writing's quite serendipitous like that you don't necessarily start off knowing that that's that's how you're going to end up telling the story it's similar to in the golden child with the blogs there were blogs running through that and you know they they started out as kind of fun and in the end you know they do reveal stuff so yeah yeah, brilliant. I mean, the devil was in the detail, wasn't it? You know, what was meant to be such a light-hearted glimpse into life of the town actually revealed a lot about what was truly going on, didn't it? Yeah, 
yeah yeah it was yeah <laughs> yeah that was fun I did I did really enjoy that and I liked the voice of Mary and her you know sometimes slightly snide little comments I could imagine her having a whole lot of fun being anonymous it's such a wonderful thing to be able to write something anonymously and actually reveal the truth very freeing I imagine yeah <laughs> yeah also something that I wanted to do when I wrote the book and, and quite deliberately was write a little bit of a counter to a lot of fiction set in small town Australia these are terrible places and you know there's not only is it physically unpleasant with drought and heat and all of that stuff the people are awful the people are so often awful in in fiction set in the Australian outback that I did actually want to run a counter to that because it was certainly not my experience I mean it's as good and as bad as everywhere else people are as complicated and so that was another reason for writing and setting the book out west yeah. yeah, fantastic. So I just want to circle back to Joe a little bit. If she hadn't been the kind of person that she was, you know, she was naturally obviously very curious and she also had a very deep abiding sense that, you know, her mother's disappearance wasn't explained well enough. And so if she hadn't been the kind of person that she was, the investigation into her mother and sister's disappearance would never have been reopened and they might never have known what actually happened. And it was so easily explained, as in the disappearance was so easily explained away as the actions of a desperately unhappy wife and mother, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it could be seen as that. That that was completely plausible and particularly, you know, so I guess the person who would have should have been her most vocal you know, should have been going to the police was was her husband. But, of course, he had reasons to believe that, yes, she would have run. He had good reasons to believe that, which, you know, explains why he was so passive in the face of it and just let it go. And and, and not, not that Joe knows that, but as the story goes on, she does find out why her father didn't really kick up a big fuss and why he just believed the story. So, yeah. Talking about Mick, he was a very interesting character, I thought. He was flawed. But no nonsense, he was a straight shooter in many respects. He knew he'd let his daughter down in so many ways, but he was powerless to stop himself, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And so a character like Mick, it's it's interesting when you're writing a novel like that. So my first, the, the most important character was Joe, but then as I started writing Mary, of course, then you see uh, Mick when he's a young person. And, of course, his life isn't as uncomplicated as as you think, he's not just a bitter. I mean, he wasn't always that man. He became that. And I think that's what's fun when you can, the past tends to take over novels like this for me. So, you know, start writing one character and then the characters in her life and particularly parents, because you don't really know who they are. And so, of course, the story deepens once you find out, you know, what Mick's past was and why he's like he is and and all of that makes it more interesting. And then the whole family, there's, there's the grandmother as well and you think one thing, she's this terrible cold person who's just thrown a daughter out and that's it and, and never been in touch with the granddaughter. And, of course, her story's more complicated too. The whole, whole story is, is far more complicated and far less black and white. And um, I think that's, yeah, that's that's what makes it fun to write, is discovering those things about the characters even as you write them. Was Mick difficult to write, do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of blokes I know. <laughs> no, no, none of them were really difficult. He was fun and I wanted to make him a bit funny and dry and, and, and a lot like a lot of the blokes that I know. They've got a particular dry kind of humour and yeah no bullshit that that's really important to Mick and you know it's a big sign out the door saying no wankers allowed so now here's a joy to write yeah 
I just I, had to stop actually him and Shep being too a lot. Well, I think Mick was definitely, definitely came across as way more cantankerous. Yes. yes. <laughs> Not that Shep yeah. was, but. No, he know. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I did. He was actually a bit more cantankerous. I did take it out because I did think, oh. <laughs> okay. okay. Or maybe she's just got a type, just going for a father figure. Yeah. yeah, it could be. But I liked Mick's bullshit meter right yes. up front. He knew what he liked and you knew what he didn't like and he was unapologetic about it and I loved that about yeah. him. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, my husband without the, um, all the he's not that cantankerous. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. All right, Wendy, so if there was one thing that you would like readers to take away from this novel, what do you think it would be? Well, I think with all the novels, it's always think about the fact that the story you get has got a lot more underneath <laughs> and you can imagine or the people that you meet and everywhere, everywhere is, you know, everything is is far more complex and far more grey and far less black and white. And, yeah, I think that's I the purpose of a lot of crime novels, really. I mean, one of the main things that you get from a lot of fiction is to not take things at face value. With nine novels written over the space of some 16 years, I wanted to ask you, Wendy, was novel writing something you always envisaged yourself doing? I read. I was an insane reader, I guess, as a child and a book addict, I'd say, and I think I always thought, yeah, one day when I'm really smart and really old and I know everything, I'll write a novel. And then that day never happened. I just sort of started writing. So it was something in the back of my mind as something I would do one day. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think what I really wanted to do for a long time was acting and then that wasn't that sort of replaced that because I really didn't have the drive or the, you know, the gumption for that. But I, I do like to imagine being other people. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with my life it's just a you know just a thing <laughs> I love that I love that now speaking of acting I love your Instagram handle it's called not that Wendy James <laughs> yes <laughs> tell me about that why is that uh, important? I'm not the blonde transmission vamp Wendy James <laughs> I'm the other one and there's so many Wendy James there's an anthropologist who's very well known yeah I'm like the, the lesser Wendy James it's, it must be a really common name because even when I go to the spotlight and places like that they'll go oh we've got six of those and there's four in Newcastle thinking surely not and even even people with the same birth date or birth year so I don't know all those parents with surname James they were very unimaginative oh my goodness that's hilarious okay so tell me about writing crime was this serendipitous was it something that you just fell into something you expressly wanted to do tell me about that oh it's a huge crime reader and again I thought you know crime would be for people who are good at you know jigsaw puzzles or people who are very good at being very orderly and working out plots in that way so I, I didn't really ever think about writing a crime novel I wrote my first novel which was an historical novel and there was a crime in it and I didn't think of it being a crime novel which is kind of silly and it was put into the Ned Kellys without even the publisher knowing they hadn't thought of it as a crime novel either and it won and then after that I, I wrote another book the Steel Diaries, which wasn't a crime novel. It's another historical novel. And then after that, I just thought, well, actually, I'd written a novel that was sort of a crime novel and put it in a drawer. And that was uh, Where Have You Been? And I pulled it out and fixed that up. And that ended up being my third novel. And so from then on, I was writing crime sort of accidentally. And I, and I realised, you know, you don't, you don't have to know everything before you write the novel. You don't have to have nutted out all the plot things which for me I can't do once I think about how it all fits together I actually lose interest 
and of course, you know, there's this thing called editing where you go back, <laughs> fill in the gaps and straighten everything out right at the end. So, yeah, I ended up, yeah, kind of being a crime novel by accident. You hinted at it a little bit then, but I'm guessing you're not a plotter. No, I, and, I, you know, the uh, last couple of novels I have had to provide by detailed synopses and the novel is never anything like it, nothing. I write this down and I go, oh, my goodness, and then, yeah. It's yeah, not even close. <laughs> that would be very comforting to all the aspiring writers. Don't think you've got to have it all wrapped up before you start. And in fact, you know, for some people, it actually stops them writing. I know there are writers there who can write a three-page synopsis of each chapter and then more or less fill it in. And for me, that would just kill it. I just can't do it. It doesn't, I can't write like that. Wendy, you're a busy person juggling a multitude of commitments on a daily basis. So I wanted to know if you had any tips for aspiring authors out there wanting to get started on their publishing journey or getting a novel published. Yeah, so what's been really interesting is my children have all, my last baby left home um, last year. So we had four kids and I always thought, you know, you know, always writing in the gaps, working part time, trying to get things written without a lot of time. And now that I do actually have a bit more time, I find it harder. So I, my advice for aspiring writers out there is to, if you feel like you're writing under a lot of pressure with not a lot of time, sometimes that can just be really good and it can and it can push you to write. Sometimes when you've got all the time in the world, it's actually harder to write. I mean, that just seems counterintuitive, but I, I'm finding that, you know, the days when I was working three or four days a week, I was writing just as much. And when I had children that had to be fed and had to be taken here and there and had to be spoken to, <laughs> I think I need some grandchildren. <laughs> I hope your children listen to this podcast when it's published. <laughs> yeah. I think they've got the hint. It's not very subtle. <laughs> Wendy, are you working on something else at the moment? Yes, I yes. Uh, another one, and maybe set in Arthurville. I'm not quite sure yet. I'm deciding. Yeah, something a little bit different, but again, a couple of generations. So I'll be writing about uh, some 1960s radicalised youth <laughs> as well as a sort of contemporary story with a mystery in there. So yeah, will we see any more of Joe and Shep? I don't know, maybe as just sort of uh, peripheral characters, but, but maybe not at all. I actually would love to. I would love to keep writing about them, but we'll just have to see. Depends yeah. on, on publishers, really. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I will put my hand up and say I want to hear more about uh, Joe yeah. and Shep and their, yeah. you know, their journey. <laughs> Make all sorts of problems happen for them. <laughs> Wendy, if listeners wanted to learn more about you and your books, where can they find you? Uh, I have a website, wendyjames.com.au. That's probably the best place to start. And our Facebook author page as well. That's all on the website, I think. Yeah. Wonderful. Wendy, A Little Bird was a compelling page-turning novel that I enjoyed immensely. Thank you for a wonderful read and I wish you every success with this one and the others that will no doubt follow. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me on Talking Aussie Books today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Claudine. That's a wrap, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please drop me a line via my webpage at claudinetanellis.com, via Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Alternatively, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Until next time, happy reading.